and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today, and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. How many have, have, have looked forward to Christmas time or a time of presents, maybe a, a vacation that's coming up, that once-in-a-lifetime vacation? Maybe it's a, a major purchase, you're buying a home, a vehicle. Have you ever looked forward in anticipation and, and you're counting the days? Have you been there? We all have, right? I remember when I went to Israel about four years ago, I put a little countdown clicker on my computer. So every time I fired up my computer, it would say 20 days, 17 hours, and two minutes. And so it would just remind me I was getting closer and closer to the trip. I was anticipating it. Well, here, let me tell you one thing today. The rapture is something that you and I as believers should be looking forward to. We should be counting down, Lord, I'm one day closer today, which you are. You and I are one day closer to his coming. And that's the reality of it. Now, we don't know what day he's coming, unlike when we take a vacation, unlike when we uh, make a major purchase or have that child coming. Um, we, we, we can see a date, right, for all those events, but for the Lord's coming, no man knows the hour or the day, amen? amen. So this morning, I want to talk to you about this, how each of us are all on a spiritual journey in our lives, and as believers, we have the promises of the Word of God, and those promises are what we can trust and rest in, amen? How many are trusting in God's promises every day? Yeah. One day at a time, Amen. But the reality of that truth is not a single one of us, including myself, have tomorrow promised. None of us have tomorrow promised. And I, and I often mention it here. When my son passed away at the age of 20 in the Navy, that told me right away, none of us have tomorrow promised. He had his whole life of, ahead of him. Maybe some of you have young or relatives that have passed away at a young age, maybe sons, maybe daughters. But the, the truth of it is that none of us have tomorrow promised. You live today with the reality of God's word, knowing that if I walk in obedience, that I will be with him. Amen? Amen. And, and that's truly what we can trust in. Let me give you a real quick um, statistic here. The average life in America. This might scare you. This might uh, prompt you to realize how short life is. But did you know that the latest studies have shown the average life here in the United States for a man is 76 years old, 76 years of age. As, as many of us with, with silver hair, gray hair, draw closer to that number, it, it wakes us up. It makes us realize that life is short, that we are to enjoy and take advantage of it and savor every opportunity. There's an expression in Spanish that we say, mañana, mañana, tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow, postpone it, right? We don't have time for tomorrow. Today is the day. Amen? Amen? For women, this same statistic shows that the average age in the United States is 81 years of age. So I thank God every day. My parents are, are past those ages right there. They're beyond blessed. How many here are blessed? Amen? How many here are blessed? All of us are. All of us are. The reality, again, is none of us have tomorrow promised. We may get to 76, we may get to 96, none of us know. Only the Lord knows, amen? Yeah. 
But God loves you so much, He's created this plan to spend the rest of eternity with you. He, he loves you so much. And that video of our king, I love that video. And if, if we play that around here too much, it's because I love to see it. So you have to blame Pastor Rick. But I love that video. And it explains that love that he has for us today, man. Now, he's created a plan for that to happen, for us to be with him. And here's the thing as well I want to point out real quickly. Some of us possibly may never experience death on this, on this planet. Did you know that? Some of us may never experience death. And what I mean by that is, if the Lord were to come today for his church, which is his believers, all believers throughout the world that have professed Jesus Christ as their salvation, as their, as their God, and have asked for forgiveness of their sins, if he were to come today, you would never experience death. You would just be translated, the word uh, rapture, snatched up, taken with him. Amen? Think about that. There will be some people, I strongly believe this, in this generation, I believe Jesus is coming back and coming back soon. I don't know when, but I believe he's coming back. And some of you may never experience death. That's quite the possibility. That should just give you chills up your back right now, just thinking of that. Amen? We read our scripture verse this morning, James 5 and verse 8. I, I won't ask you to stand. It's, it's a short verse. It says this, You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Look at your neighbor and tell him the Lord is coming. The title of the sermon this morning is Ready or Not, Here I Come. The Lord is coming. Amen? Amen. Remember that when you used to play hide and seek? Ready or not, here I come. If you hadn't found your hiding spot, regardless, they were coming to look for you. The Lord is going to come, and it's up to us to be ready. Amen? It's not up to your mother. It's not up to your brother. It's not up to your sister, your dad, any of your children. It's up to each of you to be ready. I can't count on Pastor Anna to help me be ready. I need to be ready. That's my responsibility. Amen? The believer's hope is confirmed in the Word of God. And we're going to talk to you about those scriptures this morning. But there is these two terms, hope and despair. The believer has hope. The unbeliever does not have that same hope that we have. They have despair. They live for the moment. If, you know, I, I wasn't raised in church. I remember growing up and it was all about today. It was all about this weekend. It was all about now. Remember those days, some of you, that didn't grow up in church? And then finally, God whacked you up the head and said, come on now, I'm real, I exist, that's what he did to me. And, and the Lord is in control of our world. The Lord is in control of everything around us. And finally, one day I realized that, now he's my God of hope. Now he's my God of salvation. Now he's my refuge. He's everything that I need, and more. Before it was despair. It's like, how is this going to work? How is that going to work? This, this relationship is a mess. Uh, you know, I just might as well just live for the weekend and get as drunk as I can and forget about all my problems, right? That's what we did. Some of us did. But now we have a hope. We have a hope. We don't have to live that way. Aren't you thankful for that? Yes. But what hope is there for those that don't believe 
Many of you here have told me, oh, how do I witness to this atheist neighbor? How do I witness to this agnostic, this person that doesn't believe? You know, they don't have a hope, right? All their hope is based on this earth, this planet, what they get day in and day out. They have no eternal hope. And it's a really sad situation to be in that place. But here again, the Lord is our hope. And it's revealed to us through his word. Amen? Amen. You have to have faith, first of all, to receive that word. Amen. And thank God each of you here have that faith. But again, such were some of you in the past that had no hope, only despair. Woe is me, right? We all know those people that even to this day, none of you here, of course. But woe is me. Everything bad that can happen happens to me. I can't do anything right. My relationships are all falling apart. My wife is mad at me. My husband is mad at me. The children won't talk to me. The dog won't even come to me. You know, it's that bad, right? Woe is me. But thank God we have hope. Thank God for that hope. Amen. See, for those people that do not know God as a personal Savior, like you and I, that's where they're living. And it's up to you and I to be witnesses, to be salt and light, the Bible says, to them so that they would say, what is it? What is it that Mike has? What is it that Irene has? That there's something there. I want that. Why do they have peace in the middle of a storm while they're in the hospital? What is it that they have this peace about them? What is it that Irene has when her husband has a, a major heart attack or has a bypass, triple bypass, And she can remain so calm and confident. It's because she has faith in the Lord. Amen. She has a hope. Amen. 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 I want to read another scripture to you. And this is where we actually see a reference to the rapture. And this is found in 1 Thessalonians. It's on your outline. It should say 1 Thessalonians. I believe I only put Thessalonians. But it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13. I want to read 13 through 18. I'm going to read a little bit more than what you have on your outline there. But I'm going to start in verse 13. It says this. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Everybody say, no hope. hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Verse 15, according to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. And verse 16, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven. Amen. With a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive, everybody say, still alive, alive. and are left, will be caught up. That's an important key word, two words there, caught up. Say that with me, caught up. Together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever and ever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Let's pray this morning. Father, again, we thank you for your promises of your word. We thank you, Lord, that you've left us hope. 
you've left us encouragement here for, for the believer. And that's that one day, Lord, you are coming, that you are coming to take your church, your bride, and that is the believers in every church of every congregation, that, Lord, that professes that you are Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords. Lord, we've done that here. We've done that, and we, we are doing the very best we can. We're not perfect, but, Lord, we love you. And I pray, Father, this morning that, God, that you would speak to each and every individual in this place today, that we would be ready for your coming, because, Lord, we know not when that day may be, but we know that, Father, we can trust in you. As long as we walk in obedience, Lord, to your word, Father, we are good. We are good as gold. And so, Lord, we thank you this morning, and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen. 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 That is called the great hope. The great hope. You and I have this great hope of the Lord's coming. Imagine if, if he were never coming back. If this was all there was. If, if, if this word didn't mean a thing. Because many people live their lives as if this word doesn't exist. How many know what I'm talking about? You may know people. You may see people tomorrow at work. Um, I know when I go to Walmart, it's all those people there. I'm just kidding. I'm always picking on Walmart. But there's people that don't believe in this word or afterlife, spiritual afterlife, much less a divine presence. And that to me is sad. It's very sad because their whole life is wrapped up in here on this earth. This is all they'll ever enjoy. This is nothing. You know, when we, in our Bible study that you've been missing out, if you haven't been there the last few Wednesdays, we have been talking about the end times, about tribulation, and, and, and just to know that the New Jerusalem, heaven, what we drive on out here on the streets of, of pavement out here, in, in the New Jerusalem in heaven, that's gold, right? There's going to be streets of gold. God's going like, gold? That's just pavement. It's nothing to him, right? Here on this earth, we value it like, oh, that's gold. Yeah, I got me a gold watch. I got me a gold necklace. Oh, you should check this out. That's nothing in heaven. That's pavement. That's asphalt. God has such grander things for you and I up in heaven. We can't imagine. Amen? We can only imagine what it's going to look like. I long for that day. I mean, I love my family. Don't get me wrong. I love my family, my wife, my daughters. I love them, my grandkids. But I long to be with Jesus. I can't wait for that day. If you were to take me today, I'd say, Lord, take me. I'm ready. Can you say that today? Amen. Can you say that today? Amen. Amen. The word, the word caught up that we just read, that's in the Greek where we get the word rapture from or harpazo. Harpazo means the sneeze, the seizing or snatching. The Lord is actually going to come, the Bible says, in the clouds. He's going to stop right there and he's going to snatch us up into the air. First, the dead in Christ will rise. Then we who are remaining and alive shall be caught up with them. I should hear some hallelujahs and amen over that because that is the next step for us as believers. You know, what's preventing that from happening? Uh, my honest opinion is that the Bible says the gospel must be preached to every nation, every tongue. I believe that there's that factor right there and that alone. 
that the gospel ha- still has yet to be preached to every nation and every tongue. Because there's missionaries in just about every country. But there's still places in this world that have not yet heard the gospel. Unbelievable as that may sound, there are still places that have yet to hear the gospel. But when that last person hears that gospel, when that last tongue, that last nation hears the gospel, the Bible says there's going to be a trumpet sound. Amen? There's going to be a trumpet sound. And at that trumpet sound, the rapture will occur in the twinkling of an eye. That's faster than the blink of an eye. So just blink your eyes for me right now. Boom. Did you blink your eye? That's how fast and much faster it will be. We will be translated. We will be taken up into heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm getting goosebumps just, just thinking about that right now. I'm leaving this mortal world for immortal world, immortality. We will be changed, the Bible says. We won't be gods, but we'll be like Jesus in terms of immortality. We will live forever and ever. Amen? Now, here's the thing. You're going to live forever and ever somewhere. All of you are going to live forever and ever somewhere. I believe that's what the Bible teaches. Now, it's up to you and I to listen to this message. Ready or not, here I come, the Lord says. Ready or not, here I come. Amen. So, the rapture. Are you ready? Amen. So, let's go to the the points I've got on the outline. Point number one. The central person is Jesus Christ. The central person is really Jesus Christ throughout the Bible. I don't care if you're reading the Old Testament through the New Testament. The central person is Jesus Christ. In fact, let's read Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1. John the Apostle writes this. And he wrote the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John. See, John, when he was exiled on this island of Patmos, he received this revelation. The Lord gave him a vision and he penned all this. John didn't understand what was going on. He just wrote it down. He was just an obedient servant. But let me ask you this morning again. Are you looking forward to that rapture? Or, or does that make you shake in your boots because you're going like, Lord, I'm not ready. Oh, there's some things I've got to fix in my life. There's some things I've got to clean up. There's some people I've got to go back to and ask for forgiveness. There's some things I've got to take care of. There's some business I've got to take care of. Is that you? The Lord's patient and has mercy. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. But here, let me tell you, he could come back right now. He could come back tomorrow. We don't know. All the Lord is saying is, I am coming and I'm coming quickly. Amen. Does your soul long to be with Jesus this morning? Yes. How many remember when you first fell in love with your wife, with your husband? You first fell in love with him and, or her. And even the phone calls would just last forever, right? For an hour. Hey, how are you doing, honey? Yeah, it's Rick. <laughs> just called to say hi. How you doing? Oh, I can't wait to see you. And Anna would tell me, oh, I love to hear when you call. And I would love to hear her when she calls. And I don't know what I'm talking about. You just couldn't wait. You longed to be with them. You longed to hear that voice, but you longed to be with them, right? Even, even a simple little date. Didn't have to be somewhere fancy. Just being with that person just was so satisfying. Yes. 
the Lord is wanting you to have that same type of relationship with Him. Are you longing in your spirit to be with Him? Because if you're not, there's still time. And see, the Lord wants to work on your spirit. He wants to establish this love connection between you and Him. Amen? Because see, our relationship with God is personal. My relationship is different than Irene's and Gloria's and Mother Betty's. Their relationship is different than mine. It's personal. It's a relationship. It shouldn't all be the same. Is your relationship the same with each of your children if you have kids today? No. They're all different. You love them, but each relationship is different. And the Lord wants to love you. He wants to love you. Amen? You may be here saying, you may be a younger person and saying, but you don't understand, Pastor Rick. I haven't had any kids yet. I haven't had any grandkids yet. I'm waiting to see my oldest get married. I'm waiting to see my youngest get married. Whatever the excuse might be. I'm still waiting to get my PhD, my master's, and then the Lord can come back. No, if, if that's your thinking, it's all twisted. It's all twisted. It really is. Because what you need to be thinking is, Lord, You're my number one passion. I long for your coming. No matter what comes, I'm going to live my life to the best of my ability. And if you come today, great. If you come 10 years from now, great. But you just need to be ready because here I come. Amen? Amen. If we really believe that Jesus could come for us at any time, are we living our lives in obedience to that? Are we really living our lives, in other words, If you were to have come last night at 10.30, would you be proud to say, come on in, Jesus? Or would you say, oh, wait, 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 Lord, uh, keep that door closed. Let let me take care of a few things here, and and then I'll let you come in. You know what I'm saying? Amen? God wants you to be ready wherever you're at in life today. Amen? Be ready. Amen. See, those of us that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb live moment by moment, expecting His return. We live in expectancy, in expectancy of His return. Amen. So, this day, today, we are one day closer to His coming. Never again, as I've mentioned in the last few weeks, have we been closer to His coming. And I'm not going to spend the time on the signs that we talked about, the signs of the times. Never before have we seen the signs that we're seeing now with threats of nuclear war, North Korea versus the United States, and on and on, disasters, earthquakes, hurricanes. I mean, it's, it's never been like this before. You may say, no, Pastor Rick, we've always had storms. We've always had this and that. Never, never to this extent, Amen. never in the history of the world have we had them to this point. So those are the signs that the Bible mentions that we should look for. Uh, we had somebody here just three months ago have a baby. And there were signs that she was pregnant, right? There were signs that she was pregnant. There were signs also when she was about to give birth. There was uncomfortableness. There was, there was a, I can't sit, I can't stand, I can't... I mean, I know every pregnant woman goes through those things. Those are signs that the labor is about to happen. God is no different with the signs of the times. This... This earth, what we're going through, are labor pains. This earth is going gonna, gonna to give birth to his bride. He's going to come and take us to be with him. Amen? Amen. Amen. The day is much closer 
than it ever has been in the past. And point number two, the clear purpose of revelation of Jesus to his servants. Again, what, what this whole book of Revelation is trying to tell you and I is, number one, make no mistake, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Make no mistake. Jesus wanted to make it clear. See, that's the great thing about, about um, God is he doesn't leave anything to chance. He doesn't leave anything to where, well, maybe they may not figure it out. Maybe they're clear on this. No, no. He makes it extremely clear. He sa- and we're going to read these scriptures that's where he says, I am coming. I am, I am coming quickly. Now, you've got to remember, the Bible says, a day to the Lord, or a day to us is, you know, a day to the Lord is like a thousand years, right? So a day to him is nothing. It's nothing. It's, it's a great time, a, time of, uh, a span of time for you and I, but to him, it's nothing. So again, remember, he could come back at any moment, any moment. Uh, let me read a, a few scriptures to you, and I believe we have on 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. It says this, This is Paul speaking here. He says, Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Anybody here ever been robbed at night? Your home been robbed? Okay, maybe some of us have had that unfortunate experience. I haven't, but you know what? The thieves don't come up to your house and say, Hey, Brother Carlos, I'm going to break into your house tonight at 10 p.m. Just want to give you a heads up. It doesn't work like that, right? No. I mean, it'd be great if it did. You'd have, you know, the Calvary waiting for that person, right? It doesn't work that way. The Lord is going to come like a thief in the night when you least expect it. Wow. When you least expect it. He's going to come in the twinkling of an eye. Amen. Let me, let me read another scripture here and. I want you to catch the theme of these scriptures. Mark chapter 13, verses 32 through 33. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Everybody say, no one knows. No one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. Woo. So here's what I want you to grasp out of that. If you hear any preacher... If you hear any person telling you, September 23rd, the Lord is coming back. You know, September whatever. Oftentimes it's in September. Uh, If they are picking dates, the Bible says to mark them like a false prophet. That's what the Bible says. Because none of us know the time. Now, the Lord does give us signs and seasons. Such as what we're experiencing in our world today to know that he's coming. Let me read one more scripture to you found in Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 through 8. And Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. That's the word of God. That's not Pastor Rick. That's the word of God. And that's telling you and I, he is coming back regardless of whether you're ready or not. Amen. Amen. 
Now, did you catch the theme there? The theme in those scriptures are no one knows the day or the time. I want you to truly understand that. I can't tell you what time as much as I'd love to tell you he's coming on September 23rd or January 1st. I would love to be able to tell you, be ready. But I can't tell you that. I can only tell you the signs are there for his coming. Amen? Amen. And that's what you and I are to look for, these signs. Just like when you're driving, you drove over here. You saw our signs, hopefully, that say Foothill Christian. And it pointed this way and pointed that way. And you saw stop signs, and hopefully you stopped there because you obeyed them, right? And that's what the Lord wants each of us to do is to see the signs, to be ready for his coming. Amen? Death or rapture could come at any time. As I mentioned, none of us have tomorrow promised. None of us. God not, does not want you to live carelessly until that day comes. He wants you to count those 86,400 seconds that you and I get every day, those are 24 hours, but 86,400 seconds, and he wants you to make them worthwhile. You know, one of the, and I'll share this with you, one of the things that kills me sometimes later is I'll sit down and, because I, I like to watch my, my Niners and my Giants and my Warriors, every, you know, as much as I can. I, I, I don't watch all the games because I just don't have time. But when I do sit down, I'll sit down and watch my Warriors, not the Cavs, but um, you know what? Then afterwards, I'll go, man, that's three hours I'll never get back because I could have spent it doing something else more constructive, like studying for a sermon, like reading the word, you know, and, and at times the Lord will convict me of that. Not always. That's just me. That's my personal thing. And so I don't watch all the games for that reason. I, I watch every now and then. But there's some things that the Lord wants you to take advantage of. Live today and live for its, all of its purpose. Are you loving one another? Are you, I heard somebody tell me this morning that they actually went back and asked somebody to forgive them. And once they did that, they experienced a blessing in their life. That's what the Lord wants you to do. He doesn't want you to hold on to bitterness and hate and division. He came to break that up. Amen? Amen. He died on the cross so that you would experience love and blessing in all of your relationships. Amen? Amen? Amen. The Lord wants entire devotion and commitment from you. Amen? Amen? Let me read another scripture to you. I don't believe I have this on your outline, but Mark chapter 10 and verse 21. Um, the Bible mentioned, uh, th this is a story about a rich man that came to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him. And loved him and said, one thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Now, he's not saying that for you and I necessarily that we need to do that. Well, the reason he was saying that to this individual was that possessions were his God. He, possessions were what do dominated him. You know that here in our church, we never talk about money. I don't mention money. Uh, we don't even pass around an offering plate. It's back there on the connection table. You give as God is, uh, directs you to give. Now, here, I want you to understand, possessions shouldn't be your sole thought in heaven. Oh, my home, my, home, my vehicle, my clothes, my, my 100 pair of shoes I have in my closet, it, whatever it is. That shouldn't be your driving thought every day, right? Because yeah. here today, gone tomorrow. Amen? Right. If, if, if God were to, 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 to allow something to happen. But again, 
we need to realize that we are to be committed to him, to the Lord. Amen? And then we will have treasure in heaven, the Bible says. How many want to have treasure in heaven? Because that's part of the blessings that you will receive. And then I'm going to take you to point number three, the comforting promise, a blessing. I want to read to you Revelation chapter 1 and then verses 2 and 3, which say the following. It says, Who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. Everybody say, because the time is near. Do you believe that this morning? The time is near. Just real quickly, I want to talk to you real quickly about two events, because my main focus is on the rapture, but the two events that are happening after the rapture, again, are the judgment seat of Christ, also known as the Bema seat, and then the wedding supper of the Lamb, or the marriage supper of the Lamb. Those are two events that are following after the rapture. But here, to me, the most important thing is, not those two events, but the rapture. If, if you don't make it to the rapture, the other two aren't going to matter. Amen? They're really not. we got to be ready for the rapture. Now, I'm not saying that um, if, if, you, if, you, um, if you lied to your spouse and, or you had an unforgiving spirit today, the Lord's going to leave you behind. No, no. I'm just saying, recognize that. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life to say, oh, man, i, I got to go back and apologize to Anna. I said something that was um, mean-spirited. And I need to ask her for forgiveness, and, then, and I need to apologize. Yes. Remember how I always tell you? I need to ask them for forgiveness, then I apologize. Uh, that's how we do it. And so, if that's what the Lord is doing, do that. Your, your relationship will be blessed when you do that. Amen? Yes. And, and so, when we have that spirit, that attitude, controlling our thoughts, our actions, I don't, I don't care what anybody says, you're ready. You're ready for Him. It's when we walk in that type of attitude, we're ready. We're ready for the Lord today, tomorrow, next month, next year. It doesn't matter. We're ready. Amen? Now, if your life isn't in that place, well, that's what you've got to work on. You've got to work on those things. Let your life be devoted to Him. Let it be devoted to Him. Amen? Now, the judgment seat of Christ, real quick, is where we as believers will receive rewards for the gifts, the talents that God has given you. You see, every one of you here has a gift. Oh, Pastor Rick, I, I can't sing. I can't play an instrument. I can't speak. No, 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 no. You all have a gift. Believe me. God, God doesn't create junk. Everybody say, God doesn't create junk. Doesn't create junk. He doesn't, because I look around here and I see people that have many talents, are gifted in many ways. God has gifted every one of you. And the judgment seat of Christ, where the Bible says we'll receive crowns, specifically five crowns. I'm not going to get into that. But we'll receive crowns of, of righteousness and so forth for our service where we have laid treasures up in heaven for those talents. Now, the Lord's going to say, what would you do with the talents I gave you? Did you bury them? Did you cover them up? Or did you use them? Yeah. Did you use them for His glory? Not for your glory, for His glory. Amen. Amen. And, then, and then the marriage supper of the Lamb is that point in time after that uh, the uh, Bema Seat of Christ, the Judgment Seat of Christ, where the Bride of Christ, you and I, are married in union with the Lord. See, Jesus has His Bride. That's the church. The Bible describes the church as the Bride of Christ. And that incorporates all believers. 
And that, that, that means black, white, red, yellow, whatever color, all together as one. Amen? I'm so looking forward to that day. And like I mentioned here, that's my privilege when I look out here because I see Mexicans, I see Filipinos, I see African Americans, I see white, I see every color here, especially in our communities, because we are so mixed here in our, in our communities, Americanian, Vallejo. This is just a slice of heaven amen. of what we're going to see. Amen? Yes. Amen. Aren't you glad that, that the Lord isn't just saying one kind of person can get up there? Amen. That you've got to look this way? Amen. I'm thankful for that. Amen? This judgment seat of Christ, the marriage supper of the Lamb, are for believers only. And we talked about all the signs that will happen afterwards in the last few weeks. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be left behind to see how all that works out. See how the mark of the beast works and all that garbage that's going to be happening that's already taking place in terms of, of people receiving um, little chips, not the mark of the beast yet, but they're already receiving implants in their hands, and I told you about that. That's a reality that's happening already that was prophesied 2,000 years ago. They didn't have that technology back then, but it's already been described and taking place at workplaces in America. That's the reality we're living in. This is serious stuff. It's time to wake out of that slumber, wake out of that sleep, and realize, Jesus, you are coming. You're coming for your people. Amen? Yes. I want to read a, a scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. I believe we have this as well. Um, maybe not. Let me read it to you. You have that? No. Okay. Let me read that. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. This is an example of, of using our time, talent, and treasures. If a man, if any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light, it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. So again, what it's saying is, yes, you and I have been gifted with talents in this world. Now, he wants you to use that for his glory. But if you bury it and don't use it, and you still profess to be a believer, you're still going to get through, but you won't be receiving the rewards that he has for you is really what he's saying. He's saying you're barely going to get through. I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to barely pass the test. I don't want to barely uh, pass my DMV exam. I don't want to barely make my mortgage payment next month. I, I don't want to barely anything. I want to get through it with flying colors. Amen? I want to get to heaven with flying colors and have the Lord's son... Tell me, son, well done, and my good and faithful servant, enter into your reward. Amen? Are you looking forward to that day? He, he, I don't want him to say, oh, man, I'm glad you're here because you barely made it. No, God forbid. Amen? I don't want to be that person. I want to go, Lord, take me. I'm doing what you've, you've told me to do to the best of my ability. And, Lord, I, I'm glad to be here. I rejoice in it. Amen? And then, finally... As I close here this morning, I, I told you it was going to be quick through these points here this morning. 
I want to read a few scriptures in Revelation. First one is in Revelation chapter 19. Chapter 19, verses 6, six through 8. We may have that, we may not have that. But let me read that to you. It says the following. For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the, lo- the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. And that's, again, regarding the wedding supper of the Lamb. We are the bride of Christ. We will be united with him. Amen. And the Lord is looking forward to that, reuniting with his people. We will be in his presence. Amen. We will be there with him. Amen. But here's, here's the great thing, the great news. Our Lord wants a loving, close relationship with you, with each of you. Just as you as parents, how many parents in, in this place? Raise your hand. Do you want a close relationship with your children? Yes. You may not have that right now with maybe one or more of your children, but I know that's your greatest desire. I know that because I'm a parent. My greatest desire is that I would always have a loving relationship with all three of my daughters, and, and that will never change. And if you're a parent, I know that's your desire as well. The Lord is no different. He desires to have a close unique, personal relationship with you today. Amen. He knows, or we know, He loves us. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 19 that He, or we love because He first loved us. We love the Lord because He first loved us. Amen. He went to the cross before you were ever born. He went to the cross and said, this is how much I love you. And He was nailed to that cross. Yet you weren't You weren't born yet, but you were a thought in his mind at that time. The Bible says he knew the foundations of the earth, that you were were born for this time. He had you on his mind when he went to the cross, the Bible says. You were his thought. Every person that ever has been and will be were on his mind as he went to that cross. See, he knows the beginning from the end. He knows your children, your grandchildren, the grandchildren yet to be. He had them on his mind as he went to that cross. Are you loving your neighbor just as much as God? Because here's the other thing real quickly. We can't say we love God if we're not loving our neighbor. And I'm not talking about your next door neighbor. I'm talking about people, humanity. whether, Whether it's your relative, that one that you don't want to talk to. Well... Resolve that. Resolve it today. Resolve it today. Bitterness, unforgiveness will take hold and cause a root in you that will control your attitudes and your actions. And, And the enemy has you right in his back pocket, just like I have my handkerchief right here in my back pocket. He has you right there if bitterness and unforgiveness are in your life. Ask the Lord to forgive you of that. Go and ask, first of all, that person to forgive you. You tell them, I need you to ask for, I need you to ask uh, to, 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 to forgive me and apologize to them. And then you go to the Lord and say, Lord, thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for a new chance on life. And you watch the blessings in your life. Amen. Just as a young man and a woman are engaged to be married because they're in love, we're engaged right now to be wed to our, our groom. Jesus Christ. We are the church and we're engaged to be married to him. 
Are you finding your love growing deeper with him? Are you finding your love growing closer with him? If not, that's where you need to be. You and I need to be there. And I want to close with these last two scriptures. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17. And let, listen to the word that's, that's a common theme here in these last two scriptures. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty, come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. And the next scripture in Revelation Revelation chapter 22 and verse 20. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Are you ready for his coming? Let me ask you that again. Are you ready for his coming? Because ready or not, here I come, says the Lord. Ready or not, here I come. Mm -hmm.